Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 7. I just checked the weather. It's going to be raining for the next couple of hours, so I'm going to try to hang in there and keep you dry. Amen. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 I'm going to read verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, or considering the end of their manner of life. Verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Chapter chapter 13, I've got a little bit of a roar here. Chapter 13 and verse number 7 and verse number 8. Verse number 8 we are very familiar with. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6. Malachi says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. God is immutable or God is unchanging an unchanging God. And so with the help of the Lord today, I want to preach from this subject, the immutable God. I'm glad that you can count on him. Amen. God bless you and you can be seated this morning. And so when we launch today and turn our attention to Hebrews 13, and we begin with verse number seven that says, remember them which have the rule over you who has spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their manner of life. And then we come to verse number eight that says of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We might wonder what is the connection. It would seem those two scriptures have nothing to do, at least at first glance. However, in reality, if we look at the big picture of Hebrews 13 and the setting, at least in context, the reality of this is the fact that verse 8 rises out of great sorrow of the congregation to whom the author addresses. And so they really do connect. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so this epistle, certainly in these verses, is an epistle of comfort, but it is also an epistle of exhortation. And so the writer uses the word remember, remember. It's used in a unique fashion in many senses, and and, uh, many scholars think that this word suggests that that their leaders or their pastors were dead, uh, perhaps even martyred, and that would certainly bear out in scripture when you think of those that had already uh, been martyred, men like Stephen or James, the brother of John, or James the just. And so 
the writer of Hebrews starts out with this admonition to remember. Remember those that had rule over you. Remember those and uh, those leaders or those pastors who had instructed them. And so that uh, that phrase, that, that terminology or the phrasing there of that passage that says that had the rule over you wasn't talking about ruling with, with an iron fist, but he was remembering those that have been teachers to you in doctrine, those that have taught you the word of God, those leaders and pastors who had invested and imparted and instructed the word of God to them. And so he is admonishing them to honor the life and the life of faith of those that had gone on before. And so the way to honor their lives and the way to honor their ministry, he said just simply this, remember them. Don't ever forget those that have invested in you. I'm sure today that I'm not alone when I, when I say I, I look back and I think of all the people. Um, of course, I can't remember every word or every nugget of instruction, but I'm so thankful for the instructions. Sister Donna Tumman in our opening uh, of our service today and focused prayer reflected back to her first pastor and words of wisdom that had been instilled in her heart as a young lady. And now today still quoting some of those things. So what she was doing was honoring this morning and the way she honored was remember. Just remember some things that were nuggets of truth that people broke off and they invested and they pressed into your spirit. Remember them. And then he points them away from the fading ministry of man to the unfading ministry of Jesus Christ. Now we don't like to think about it, but the work of man can and will come to an end. There's a sadness that comes with that reality, obviously, but the Lord abides forever. And so the writer was saying, remember them that have instructed you and remember them that have taught you the word of God and honor them. But then he wanted to remind them that though the pulpit may be empty because of, uh, because of death, even if it was the death of a martyr, remember this one thing that even though they came and they went, there is a God that is the same yesterday today and forever. This immutable God he is present with us in scripture as an omnipresent and omnipotent creator. And so we have several things that confirm that. If we consider John 1 and 3, the Bible says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Paul said to the Colossian church in 1 and 16, he said by him and for him, were all things created. And so when we think about every harvest, every harvest is a gift of his creative hand. It is not the shrewdness of the farmer. That doesn't mean God doesn't use the intellect of that vessel, but it is really, the, and that harvest is the, is the spokesperson of the mercy and the gratitude and the graciousness of God. Every tree and every flower, it was made by him out of the muddy soil of nothing. Out of the muddy soil comes the miracle of beauty and productivity. And, and we see all of its power in Genesis 1 is still the same for you and I today. So when you read Genesis 1, we don't need to think that that power or those promises are just locked up and they're in that moment. 
but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies, you know what that does? Amen, that grain dies so that others may live. And that is such a wonderful picture of the atoning grace of God who was, who was born in a manger. Amen. He died the cruel death of a cross, but he did rise as he said he would, and that gives hope to you and I. He speaks to us in forgiveness. He delivers us from bondage, and he delivered us from the judgment of sin. And so Jesus is our atoning sacrifice. And what he was before the foundation of the world, he still is today. And what he is in our human experience, he will be tomorrow because he is forever and ever. He is the song of songs. He is the hope of the ages. He is the song and the hope of the redeemed. Revelation 5. If, I want to just summarize several scriptures here from Revelation 5. If we think about verses 9, verses 10, uh, perhaps even a little bit of verse 12 in summary, John says that, that of the Lord that he was a worthy lamb that was slain to give honor and glory and power. He further states that he hath redeemed us by his blood out of every nation and every tribe under the sun and hath made us kings and priests to reign upon the earth. I'm talking about an immutable God, the immutable God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A lot's been said about faith this morning in our services and in our prayer. A God that we have had to, we have had to hang our lives on that star of faith, but it's not a frail thing to hang on. Amen. Because the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There's something about God. He's a seeker. The seeker, that seeking God in the Old Testament. You can find him. We're introduced to him as a seeking God early on. After the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. Where do we find God? In the cool of the day, he came seeking for Adam and Eve. He went looking for them, searching for them. He sought out Moses when his people were in Egypt's bondage. He sought Moses out to deliver his people from that slavery. Isaiah in chapter 40 and verse number 11, Isaiah paints a beautiful, beautiful word picture. I think it's a stunning picture of the Lord and his grace. Isaiah 40 and 11 says this, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are young. Amen. What a wonderful, beautiful picture that Isaiah paints of the shepherd gathering lambs with his arm, carrying them in his bosom, gently leading them that were with young. However, that same God that Isaiah is talking about in the book of Isaiah is walking among us today. That's his presence that we feel in this house. That's the affirmation we have in our heart. He speaks words of encouragement. He speaks words of comfort. Amen. He gives us words of direction. He stands by our, our sides in the time of need. It's already been affirmed at some point in this service that we've had God stand with us and walk with us, make the journey with us, whatever it had been, whatever we encountered. He promised this in Hebrews 13 and 5. I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. We have found that to be more than a verse written in a book. We found that to be more than a plaque on a sign. We have found God that never left us and a God that never has forsaken us. 
I mentioned this in our Thursday night or our Tuesday night Thanksgiving uh, service. But the rising of the sun every morning is a reminder of the blessings of God, fresh and new every day. That mercy that is new every day. And so what he was yesterday, he is today. He's our great physician, according to the word. He's our deliverer, according to the word. He's our healer, according to the word. He's our helper, according to the word. He's our comforter, according to the word. Amen. The list could go on and on. He's our counselor. He is, he is our hope. He is our all in all. And what he is today, I don't want to just talk about what he was yesterday. He is today. But I want to go ahead and say it for the ages that what he was yesterday, he is today. And what he is today, he is forevermore. He'll be that when we get up in the morning. He'll be that tomorrow. He'll be that the next day. Should his grace find us still on this earth, we're going to have a God that is still the same. Never changes. Amen. Never changes. Now certainly we change. Amen. One day we're strong. <laughs> and the next day we may not be so strong. One day we have just firm resolve in our heart. This is what we're going to do. And the next day if we're not careful, distractions. That's been mentioned also today. Distractions can find us following another path. One day we seem to be in that moment of absolute surrender and true dedication and here we are firm and here we are fixed and the next day we can find ourselves unstable as water. And if you're not willing to amen that, I'll just amen it for me and all of the rest of us. Amen. You know why? Because that's human nature. We're here one minute and we can certainly find ourselves somewhere else another moment. That's human nature. We change, but God never changes. I love, I love, Hebrew, uh, I love James 1 and 17. I just feel like in my mind when I read James 1 and 17 that James has his heels dug in. He's got his hands firmly plant, planted and his feet fixed. He said, of whom? Talking about the Lord. Of whom is no no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's the kind of God we're serving. We're not serving a God that maybe, a God that might, a God that hopefully, we've got our fingers crossed when we're praying. No, no, no. We come to the throne room of God with courage and we come with boldness. Amen. That's how he told us to come into prayer. That's how he told us to walk to an altar. We can come with faith believing. We can come with courage and with confidence. Amen. We can change. Things change us. Circumstances change us. Think about Genesis 40, 23. The butler. We know the butler in Joseph's life. They are cellmates, so to speak. And, 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 and Joseph just has one request. It seems pretty low-hanging fruit. Just remember me. When you get out, just remember me. I mean, you would think somebody that's been right there would have a very difficult time forgetting them. But the Bible talks about that when he was liberated from prison, that he got uplifted and he got exalted in the house of Pharaoh. And he forgot Joseph that was suffering in the dungeon. And so here's a man that you would think, just how could it be humanly possible that you would forget someone who has been right where you are? But that is the nature of mankind. I mean, if you've read that story, we have all been perplexed. How could you do that? But I will tell you that sometimes the circumstances of life to the good or to the bad 
They can change us. Amen. If we're exalted, it can be easy to remit, to forget rather the less fortunate in life. But I want to tell you something about God. He's immutable. God is absolute. He's not going to get down the road somewhere. We're not going to find ourselves lost off of his radar. Even though Job said, I can't find him when I'm looking for him. Job may have felt lost to God, but he, he, but he was not indeed lost to God. The Lord knew where he was all the time and he knew knows where we are. When we think about God of the Old Testament, his name is Jehovah. Jehovah. Before he was even born, in Matthew 1.21, the angel announced, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He was given this name Jesus, which means Jehovah, our salvation. And so the God of the Old Testament of course, we understand. Amen. Jehovah of the old was Jehovah of the new. Jehovah, our salvation. Amen. All throughout his earthly ministry, this immutable God changed not. Why? Because it wasn't another God. It wasn't a different God. It wasn't the Son of God. It was God manifested in flesh. All throughout his earthly ministry, he was known as Jesus, Jehovah, our salvation. And when he was crucified, he was crucified with that name. It was prophesied before he was born. When he was born, he was given that name. In his life and ministry, he was given that name. And he operated under that name, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. When he was crucified, he was still crucified with that name. According to John 1 and 19, the inscription above that cross said this, is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And when he was raised from the dead, amen, I'm talking about an immutable God, a God that never changes. He didn't, he wasn't one thing here and another thing somewhere else. Amen. When he was raised from the dead, that same Jesus, Jehovah our salvation, he was there. When Saul, after his resurrection, amen, after the imparting of the Holy Ghost, after the day of Pentecost, after after, after uh, the church has even begun, here we find a man by the name of Saul who was persecuting the church. He was coming against the church. He had killed many people because of the name of the Lord. But on his road to Damascus, on the way to Damascus to kill even more, he was struck down by the power of God, blinded. Amen. And in that moment of transparent honesty, he said, who art thou, Lord? And you know what the Lord said? He said, I am Jesus. I am Jehovah, our salvation. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then in the final chapter of the Bible, the last, the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, even the last chapter, Revelation 22 and 16, the Bible says, I, Jesus, I what? I, Jehovah, our salvation, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And so we we find him in the Old Testament, Jehovah. We find him in the New Testament, Jehovah. We find him all throughout the word of God. He's standing now at the last book, the last chapter, and he just said, I just want you to know that I'm still Jesus, Jehovah. Amen, our salvation. I have not changed. I am an immutable God. I am not gonna back up. I'm not gonna turn aside. He's the same, hallelujah, all through the ages. In verse, in chapter 22, the close 
closing verse of this final book, amen, called Revelation. He said, surely I come quickly, amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. Even so come Jehovah, our salvation, an immutable God that changes not. Amen. He doesn't change even when we find ourselves in different circumstances. And when the end of the world is brought to pass. Amen. When it is all said and all done. Who is it that's going to be ascending in the clouds of glory in heaven? Amen. (laughs) I think you know. Acts 1 and 11 Amen. The Bible says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jehovah, our salvation, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He went away, Jehovah, the Savior. He's going to come back, Jehovah, our Savior. I'm thankful today to be serving and an immutable God and unchanging God. Throughout the scripture, Certain people are denoted as prophets. The priests of the Old Testament, they were, they were anointed and they operated within the role or the context of a prophet. But they all faced a day when their ministries came to an end. Aaron, the high priest, was taken to the top of Mount Hor and his priestly garments removed. Time for him would be no more. Additionally, all of his successors died. In Psalms 110 and 4, it says of the Lord, but he, our great priest, is anointed forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Melchizedek, we know, the, we know Melchizedek in Scripture. And so, amen, he is that enduring priest that never dies. Amen. So Aaron may have served a, a wonderful role, an important role, but his days come to an end. His successors served in important capacities and fulfilled imperative roles, but their days came to an end. But there's not going to be an end to the day of our great Savior. Amen. Forget forever he's our intercessor and forever he is our mediator and forever he is our high priest. Forever he is unchanging. I'm thankful we're serving that God. Amen. The head of the church, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was, he is, and will always be forever. Amen. God. I'm thankful to be serving and an immutable God today. Aren't you? Philippians 2 and 9 and 11. The Bible says, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Amen. As he was yesterday, he will be tomorrow. And so that's why we go to him in prayer and in faith. Because he's already heard one prayer. He's already answered one prayer. Amen. He's a friend and a companion. He's a God that has walked by our sides, ministered to our daily needs. He breaks bread for us, not just for the 5,000, or not just for the 4,000. God has taken the substance of our hands and he has broken it and made it go further. Yes, sir. Amen. He, he has many, many times. Amen. I can't, I can't talk about that and not think about a blue Prius that God has just blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. 
Yeah, I know Brother Larry Newber's not going to go with him even down to the corner, but I know still God has blessed and blessed and blessed. What we put in God's hands, He has blessed it. That wasn't just something he reserved for, for somebody in the New Testament. That wasn't just for somebody that showed up to a prayer meeting. No, God has taken what we put in his hands and he's blessed it beyond what we ever thought it would ever last. I mean, we have things that the Lord has just blessed in our lives. He rides with us. Sometimes we're in, when we are going through storm-tossed waters, he is, he's, he's right there to tell us and instruct us. The, the Bible says of one that he said, what you need to do is cast your net on this side. Oh, we've told all night, but you need to do it this way. And God has been right there for us when we didn't know what to do. He said to give us and told us what to do and given us instructions that helped us. He's walked with us. He didn't just walk with some. He's walked with you and I here today. Amen. What we're talking about, not locked up in Scripture. What we're talking talking about not relegated to just Bible characters but I can tell you amen you may not have been on your way to Emmaus but you may have been on a similar path and you looked and there he was right beside you you may have been disillusioned you may have been discouraged you may have been dumbfounded but when you looked up there was this immutable God amen I'm talking about a God that never changes he comes to us we rest in him above every storm you can hear his omnipotent voice. Amen. I'm preaching to people that have been there. That he was there. At the side of every grave, he stands and he weeps right along beside us. You know why? Because he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He feels what we feel. He understands. And so when the burden is too heavy for us to bear, he shoulders. He, he helps to bear that with his shoulders. They share the burden that we walk through. I'm talking about an immutable God. I'll ask our musicians to come if you will. An immutable God. A God that never changes. The gospel message that saved Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus is the same gospel message that saves us today. He didn't change. The message of of the, of the New Testament did not change in the 21st century. The same mercy that touches our hearts today is the same mercy that touched the church of the first century. Amen. It never changes. An unchanging Lord, an unchanging gospel, and an unchanging hope of salvation. One writer said, Oh, that I had a voice worthy of the Lamb. Oh, that I had a tongue that could expound the marvelous grace of God. Oh, that there were words I could pronounce that would extol the marvelous love and the grace of our Lord. Well, I can, I can concur with this writer because there have been days I just felt like my words were just so inadequate that I was trying to express my feelings and my gratitude, but they just fell so, so short. I'm talking about an immutable God that's worth serving, an immutable God that's worth following because He leads us down a glory road. He will lead us down a highway of holiness. He will lead us on a path to an eternal city. Amen. That's the God we're talking about today. I'll ask you to stand if you will. I would ask you, what could be more wonderful than what God has already done for us? Amen. I know I've, I've heard this my whole life, said it many times myself. 
I believe I'm sincere when I say this. If the Lord never does anything else, He's already done enough. I believe I'm sincere when I say that. I've heard others my whole life say things like that. I believe they were sincere when they said that. What could be more wonderful than what God has already done? Already done. Yes, we've got hopes and prayers and we've got visions and plans for the future, but what more could God do than what He has already done? Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The beginning of verse number 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. No end. No end. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of the family of God. Amen. So every day, I believe that we ought to wake up with a strong sense of gratitude. I know this is a Thanksgiving weekend. But I believe that every day, we ought to wake up with a strong sense of gratitude for what God has done. For what God has done. Amen. He's done so much. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. I wonder if we could just lift our voices together. Amen. Let's close this service today. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.